0: We're going to look at a parable this morning, and like I've told you all recently, many times over, that the parables are meant to challenge our thinking, the parables are meant to provoke us, the parables are meant to kind of cause us to reflect deeply on our lives, on others, and so parables are not meant to give us easy answers, okay? And so when we're here and we're talking about parables, like, my goal is for you all to leave and to be thinking about this and be considering things. And so this parable for today, it's, it's fairly straightforward, but there aren't any easy answers. And, and it's going to cause you all to go kind of process on your own and really think about um, yourself and about others and about God. And so I'm really excited to share some brief reflections with you all. Then we're going to have a song that's going to help us even enter into it a little bit more after I'm done preaching I want to start with just sharing a, a quick story. So a few years ago, a, a colleague of mine was here preaching at our church. And he, he was here on a Sunday morning, and it was a really good service. And after his sermon, or b- before he preached his sermon, he said some really kind of nice things about embrace. You know, he came in, he was trying to encourage us and build up our church because he really does respect what we do here. And one thing he said has stuck with me, and I'll, I'll tell you why. But he said, if Jesus were to attend a church in Lexington, he said, I think Jesus would go to embrace. And, you know, that's a nice thing to say. Uh, of course, he was using his imagination um, when he said that. He has no clue where Jesus would go to church or if Jesus would choose any of our churches in Lexington. I don't know. Um, but he was trying to say something important um, for our church. He believed we are really trying to live into the mission of Jesus and he thought Jesus would feel like these are his people and he would want to be here with us in our community. Now, I appreciated his encouragement, you know, that idea of recognizing our church as being kind of a unique place here in our city. And I do believe we are a unique church. However, I've, as I've thought about it, I think I've liked that comment maybe a little too much. <laughs> and here's what I mean. It's tempting to think our church is different, that we are following Jesus more closely than all the others, that we're the realest church in town, that we're more gritty, we're more more honest, we're more biblical, we're we're more loving. And, And I want to get real simple and straightforward here. It's really tempting to think our church is better than all the others. And whether I like to say that out loud, you know, it's real tempting to think that about ourselves. Of course Jesus would pick embrace out of all the other churches in Lexington, right? It's very tempting to assume that Jesus is on our team, that He supports our cause, that He likes our music, He prays like we do, He likes us better, He loves the way we read the Bible, He loves kind of how we do things here. It's very tempting to think that way. And I'll say it's also very dangerous to think that way. Our text for today is another parable that Jesus told. It's a story that He told. We don't know if this story actually happened or if He's just telling us a story to make us think. But they're meant to challenge us, surprise us, and provoke us. And this parable has challenged me to dig deep and think about my own pride, the way I look at other people, and how I sometimes even think that I am better than others. So if you've ever, you ever had pride, if you've ever thought like you're better than somebody else, then this parable is for you. So I'm going to read it for us. It's Luke chapter 18, verses 9 through 14. And I'm going to ask as you're able to, um, for those who can, if y'all would stand with me for the reading of the gospel. Uh, Christina pointed out to me a a while back that it's a really powerful tradition to stand for the reading of the Gospel because there's a lot of power behind and meaning behind this. We stand for the reading of the Gospel as a reminder that Jesus stood among us. That He came and He left heaven above and He walked among us in our world. And so we stand together as a sign of what Jesus has done for us, that He stands with us. And we also stand as a sign that we stand together throughout our lives. So we stand together on Sundays because we stand together in our day-to-day lives. And so hear these words from the Gospel of Luke chapters 9-14. through To some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told them this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank You that I am not like other people. Robbers, evildoers, adulterers, Or even this tax collector. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and all those who humble themselves will be exalted. This is the word of God for the people of God. Amen. Y'all can have a seat. You know, this, this parable that I just read, in many ways, is fairly straightforward. Luke tells us why Jesus told the parable. He tells us who He was saying it to. He says at the beginning that Jesus told this parable to some people who were confident in their own righteousness and also looked down on everyone else which means that we're all implicated here, because I think at many times we've all been confident in our own righteousness, and I'm fairly sure that all of us have looked down on other people at points during our lives. We've thought we're better than others. This parable is for us. There are two men in the parable, and both men uh, went up to the temple to pray. Now, one man was a Pharisee, and one was a tax collector. So, I want to talk about the Pharisee's prayer first. The Pharisee stood up and he prayed a prayer of thanks to God. It was a prayer of gratitude. And he was looking at his life and he's like, he said, God, I thank you that I am not like. And then he gave a list of people that he was grateful he was not like. He was glad that he was not like the robbers, evildoers, adulterers, and tax collectors. All people I don't want to be like either. (laughs) I wonder how you all would end that sentence. God, I thank you, I am not like. Think about that just for a moment. How would you end that sentence? God, I thank you that I'm not like those people. Some possibilities of how folks might answer this question God, I thank you that I am not like my parents. (laughs) God, I thank you that I am not like those Trump supporters. God, I thank you that I am not like the godless liberals. God, I thank you that I am not like racist or lazy people or terrible drivers. I thank you that I am not like negative people. I thank you that I am not like my ex-wife or my ex-husband. I'm thankful I'm not like that liar and cheater. I thank, I'm thankful that I'm not like those greedy, rich people. God, I thank You that I'm not like fundamentalist Christians. Stupid people. I'm thankful I'm not like Governor DeSantis or Greg Abbott. I'm thankful that I'm not like that preacher at that church over there. We probably think these kinds of thoughts more often than we would like to admit. It's easy for us to point our finger at others and think, man, I'm glad I'm not like them. Our culture today, I don't know if y'all agree with me, but it's a very harsh, judgmental, and very divided culture right now. Do y'all agree that we're living in a time where like, it's just really mean. There's a lot of meanness going around, a lot of pointing our fingers at other people, a lot of judgment, and, and we're all just like so separated from one another. If you're like me, as I look back over the last few years in particular, I think our world's changed a lot just in the last few years. But as I look back over the last few years, I can say personally that that I've written off some people (laughs) and just said I don't want anything to do with them anymore. And I've just kind of put them out of my life in many ways. I'm sure you all have written people off in the last few years, made assumptions about other people, Maybe distance yourself from people that you feel aren't like you, aren't as loving as you, hold different views than you, go to different churches than yours. I, I've had people distance themselves from me uh, because of Facebook posts I've made. I don't know if that's happened to you all before. Um, I've also distanced myself from other people because of their Facebook posts as well, because I didn't like the things they were saying. Um... They probably thought about me. They're like, man, I'm glad I'm not like him. He's gone off the deep end. (laughs) Perhaps I've thought about them, similar things. I'm grateful I'm not like them. They've they've really gone down a weird path. (laughs) I'll tell you, I'm just going to be honest with you all. I'm feeling increasingly uncomfortable with this, (laughs) with this kind of divisive, judgmental, arrogant way of living in the world. And I wonder, I wonder if Jesus is inviting us to something different. Maybe something more life-giving. Something more gracious. Something more redemptive and transforming. You know, this parable uh, surprises like all parables. The Jewish audience that Jesus was talking to, you know, they would have likely made some assumptions as they heard Jesus telling this story. Quickly. Quick assumptions they would have made. That we don't necessarily make because we're not living in their time. But they would have made some quick assumptions. They probably would have assumed, as he said, there were two men, a Pharisee and a tax collector. They would have immediately assumed the Pharisee is going to be the good person in the story and the tax collector is going to be the evil, corrupt, and sinful person in the story. Pharisees today, uh, in Christian circles, have a bad reputation. All right, Jesus did have some conflict with some Pharisees in the Gospel. And we have assumed that all Pharisees, therefore, were self-righteous and legalistic and corrupt hypocrites. That's not true. I remember I sang a song as a kid. I was telling Jeremy Hankey this on Zoom this morning during our Bible study. It was called I Don't Want, I Just Wanna Be a Sheep. Have y'all heard this? It's like, I just wanna be a sheep, bye, 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 bye. It's a terrible song. Um, <laughs> but there's one line, it goes like it goes like, I don't wanna be a Pharisee, because they're not fair, you see. <laughs> You know, so we don't want to be a Pharisee, because they're not fair, you see. Uh, also, the Sadducees, I don't want to be a Sadducee, because they're so sad, you see. It's really not, it's kind of lame, you know. Uh, it's terrible, I agree. Um, gross stereotypes of these, these groups. Uh, and like, it's kind of funny, but, but the reality is actually, like, there's a deeper problem here. Because often as Christians, and, and there's been some really terrible Examples of how a lot of Christians have even gone to be anti-Jewish because sometimes of the ways we've taken Jesus' conflict with some of some religious leaders as meaning that, that Jesus condemned all the Jewish leadership. And that's just frankly not true. There were a lot of good Pharisees. And many of the Pharisees during that time would have been respected and revered uh, by the community there. Many of the Pharisees shunned worldly wealth. They dedicated themselves to God, and they sought to follow God's law as closely as they possibly could. That's not a bad thing. Those are all good things. And many of the Pharisees were trying to help others figure out how to follow God in their day-to-day lives as well. The same exact stuff Jesus was trying to do, and that's one reason he butted head with some of them, because they were both maybe having different ways about doing that in the world. So many of the Pharisees, they wanted Judaism to be renewed and revived. And and the Jewish audience who was hearing Jesus tell this story, they would have looked favorably on the Pharisee in the story and wanted to identify with the Pharisee. Tax collectors, on the other hand, were not viewed favorably. Nowadays, we see how Jesus... Jesus reached out to a lot of tax collectors, and so we have a favorable view of tax collectors today in many ways, because we're like, they were like the marginalized, oppressed people, and we love them like Jesus did, which is wonderful. However, tax collectors were not necessarily that way back then. They, they were not people who anyone would have looked at favorably, particularly Jews, because they were kind of sellouts. They, the Roman Empire... One thing that they did is, is the Roman Empire conquered a lot of nations in that area, and that's how they built their empire. And one way they would fund their empire is through taxation of the conquered peoples, right? And so what they would do, it uh, was very smart, they would recruit locals, and so of these nations they would recruit people to be tax collectors and collect their taxes for them. And they kind of gave them free reign to do it however they wanted, they just needed their money. And so tax collectors would often... Um, go and they would collect way more than what the Roman government was requiring and they would keep the rest. And so say they need to get five bucks in in a day, they would maybe go collect eight dollars and get three for themselves and five to the empire. And so this is kind of how they would build their own wealth. And so needless to say, uh, the Jewish people didn't like their own people taking advantage of them and working with the oppressor, right? Right. And so the fact that a tax collector in this story would have been in the temple praying would have been fairly jarring, probably, to a first century Jew who was hearing this story. Tax collectors uh, were collaborating with the Romans, the mighty empire that was actually exploiting the temple. And so they would probably, tax collectors would have been probably welcome to go into the temple and pray, but they wouldn't have been received with much warmth and kindness. Jesus' audience would have applauded the fact that the Pharisees were not like the tax collectors. The Pharisees' prayer probably wouldn't have sounded very bad to them. Like no one should be like a tax collector, right? So perhaps a Jew would agree, God, I am grateful I am also not like a tax collector, right? So really, I believe the scandal of this story It has to do some with that prayer, but the scandal of the story in my mind is that God showed grace to the tax collector in the story. That the tax collector is the one that's lifted up and said, went home justified, not the Pharisee. You know, we don't even know if the tax collector changed his ways or not. All we know is the tax collector cried out for mercy and God responded to his cry. You know, we are all quite happy when we receive that kind of divine grace and forgiveness and acceptance and love, but it's another thing um, when we think about our enemies, the people we despise, the people we feel like are hurting us or others receiving that same kind of divine grace. That's another story. I think this parable is really a genius parable for Jesus to tell. Because it forces us to seriously consider the way we view ourselves and the way we look at other people. If we come away from this parable with 100% clarity on who's right and who's wrong in this parable, like if we come away saying, I'm glad I'm not like the judgmental Pharisee in this story, then we've done the very thing the parable is telling us not to do. (laughs) And perhaps that's the point. To push us to avoid easy assumptions about other people, To look beyond the surface and try to see people the way God sees people. You know, a few weeks ago, Christina preached and she shared a definition of humility. I think the story, in many ways, is about humility. And she said, humility is agreeing with God about who He says He is and who He says I am. And so it's agreeing with God about who God is and who God says He is and how God sees me. And she pointed out this week as we were talking that that we can take it even a step further. That it is also agreeing with God about who He says other people are as well. And so humility is agreeing with God about who God says God is, about who God says I am, and about who God says other people are. It is agreeing with God about who He says your parents are about who he says your political opponent is it's agreeing with god about who he says that you know christian that you just think is way off the deep end who they are it's agreeing with god about who god about how god views other people so being humble is seeing yourself the way god sees you and seeing others the way god sees them as well you know last week i said that that jesus was on a mission To get us to see the world differently. To see God differently. To see ourselves differently. To see others differently. And so, instead of seeing ourselves as better than others, more enlightened than others, more right than others, perhaps we just need to see ourselves as broken human beings who need God's grace and love. Just like the neighbor down the street who drives us crazy. Or your friend on social media who seems to push all your buttons without even trying (laughs) You are loved by God, and so are they. You know, one reason Jesus told parables, I think, is to bust open our boxes. You know, we've all created boxes whether we want to admit it or not. We've created boxes where we can put God, where God is like this. God is just like our little branch of Christianity that we've come up with here or we want to create boxes for others and say, you know, those people are like that because you know they, they support that person, or these people are like that because they watch that television station. These people are like that because they hang with those folks, or they look like that. We've also created boxes for ourselves and say, this is who I am. This is what the all I will ever achieve in my life. This is I, I'm not lovable, or, or I'm so great, or whatever it may be. And I think Jesus has came to kind of bust those open. You know, often we think God supports our political views, that God, um, because mine are the right ones, right? (laughs) We think that those people must be hateful and mean because they go to that church and they read those authors and they watch that television channel. I must be a good person because I read these books, I follow that Twitter account, I got the cool yard sign, you know. Yet, I think Jesus is challenging us to like try a little harder, right? To, to have a bigger vision than just whatever we're seeing right in front of us right now. To think differently. To see differently. To expand our minds and our vision. To see a wider embrace. A more loving way. A more merciful and gracious path. in our world that's just like filled with meanness and judgment and violence and hate and separation... I believe Jesus is inviting us down a path of radical mercy and compassion and love. And I don't know exactly how we get there. (laughs) But I want to push back a little bit and just say like, I feel like we've done a lot of harm, we've made a lot of assumptions about others, and we've kind of just bought into the way society's working right now. And I believe the church ought to be trying to discern something different. It's one thing we were talking about in our Bible study downstairs this morning. It's just like, you know, you have these different paths that the Pharisees and the tax collectors are representing. And maybe Jesus is like calling us to a different way. And I think instead of just saying, I'm going to get with these folks and follow whatever they're saying. Or, I'm going to get with these folks and follow whatever they're saying. Let's continue to study the Bible. Let's continue to discern what the Spirit is doing among us. And try to go down the path that God is leading us. And I think it has got to be a, a, a path that's less judgmental than what we're living right now. It's got to be a path that that is more compassionate and more gracious and more loving. So that's what I want you all to reflect on this week.